Hey guys, welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. This is a podcast where we seek to please God now so that our eternity can be far better. I'm your host, Michael Clark, and as always, I want to mention to you before we introduce our guest, the Scattered Abroad Network. You can email us at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, You can follow us on YouTube and look for our videos of our joint podcasts that come out the first of every month. And we are just so excited with the work that we're able to do there. We have content for every day of the week. And what a blessing that is to be able to do that in this current climate with all of the horrendous things going on in our world, to be able to try to combat that with the Word of God and try to present biblical material as best as we can. Please keep us in your prayers. And if you have any questions or anything that you would like to know about, You can always check with us in and email us, and we will get with you as soon as we can. If you have a topic suggestion or something that you'd like to see the network look into, we'd be happy to take your your suggestions and see what we can do to make them work. But today we've got a special guest, uh, Brother Robert Jeffries, who is the minister at the South Haven Church of Christ, is with us. And I'm going to give him just a minute to introduce himself a little bit, maybe say something about him that is a hobby of his or something like that, and just kind of let you get to know him just a bit. Brother Robert? Uh, My name is, of course, Robert Jeffries, and it's a pleasure to be a part of the program today. Uh, I am a a huge college football fan, and so at the time of this recording, we are just now getting into uh, college football season, so to me, that's the best uh, season of the year, but uh, so thankful to be here with you today and be a part of the program. Yeah, Brother Robert actually was one of the ministers hired in 2007, and he was the associate minister at that time, and now he is the pulpit minister, doing an excellent work there. Really appreciate it. South Haven has always had a special place in my heart. I grew up there, and uh, to see that congregation having good ministers like you is a wonderful blessing to have, so I appreciate the work that you do. I appreciate those works. Yes, sir. Well, we're talking about something that I did at Somerville Church of Christ. Uh, Of course, I've transitioned now to the Memphis School of Preaching, working as a recruiter, and I don't think the uh, network would hate me saying, if you'd like to know about the Memphis School of Preaching, feel free to email me at at any any convenience you have. But when I preached in Somerville, I, I did a series called Family Vacation, and I thought this season that we would talk about the idea of, for just about three episodes with Brother Robert, um, the participants and the blessings and all of the things that we have with the family. And so today we're talking about remembering the guidelines for the participants of the family. And so as we take this vacation from our regular scheduled programming and we shift to talking about the family, I want to first ask you, Brother Robert, what are the guidelines for the husband and the role that he has, what he's expected to do, and what the Bible says that he needs to be involved in? You know, that's a great question. You know, we have guidelines that we follow in all areas of life, you know, no matter where we are. Uh, right now with the COVID, uh, with the pandemic that's taking place, you, you can go to various businesses and there are a number of guidelines yeah. that, that we are to, to follow if you are experiencing this. Uh, please don't come in right now. Please do this. Please do that. You know, when we were in preaching school, they gave us a syllabus at the start of each Mm -hmm. class, and there were certain expectations, guidelines that they would give to us. You have a job. Your your boss gives you a job description, and so they've got, excuse me, they've got all of these guidelines that they've got 
laid out. You, you think about guidelines in the sense of directions. You yeah. know, as guys, we don't necessarily always right. like to follow directions. We put something together and, and uh, we, we want to ask for, for directions later. Or, you know, if we're lost years ago, we'd rather be lost than, uh, than, than refer to a map or go inside and ask somebody for, uh, for directions. But spiritually, we better follow the guidelines. Right. And, and we better follow the directions that uh, that have been laid out. Thankfully, God hasn't left us in the dark. Right. Uh, God has given us exactly uh, what he expects as far as the home is concerned. Uh, when we look at Psalm uh, 127 and we look at verse number 1, the psalmist said, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain. And so we need to make sure that we're laying the proper foundation. And you mentioned with uh, the guidelines specifically for the husband. You know, if we were to go out and we were to ask 10 people in the world, what makes a good husband? You might get 10 different answers. Yeah. But when we think about a godly husband, we need to go to God's Word. Right. And, uh, and His Word is going to give us the, the, the directives that we need. Uh, first of all, I want us to think about some guidelines that the Apostle Paul has given to us. We're going to look at some that, uh, that the Apostle Peter gives too. But the first thing that, that we want to consider uh, for this episode is that uh, uh, God expects the husband to be the head of the wife. Uh, he expects him to be the head of the home. Would we look at Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 23? He says, For the husband is the head of the body, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Now, when we see that phrase, the head of the wife, that doesn't mean that he's more important than her. Uh, that doesn't mean that, uh, uh, that, that uh, you know, God uh, thinks more of him than he does the wife. It has more to do with the roles and responsibilities uh, in that home. Uh, you know, for an organization to run smoothly, uh, there must be someone uh, with authority to make decisions and to answer for those decisions. And so this is just a, a form of roles right. in the home uh, that God has given the authority ultimately uh, to the husband. And we could look at Genesis 3.16 uh, to see that, also 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 3. Now, when, when serious decisions for the family need to be made, the, the husband still needs to consult with his wife. Th right. This doesn't mean that that because I'm the head of the home and uh, I get to rule with an iron fist and she has no say-so whatsoever right. that uh, it's going to be my way or the highway. Now, there are a number of times when, when families are making decisions, especially big ones, husbands need to, to spend some time talking with their wives, and they need to get her perspective on it. Uh, maybe there are some things that he hasn't thought about that she can give him some some advice. Maybe she could share her opinion. Uh, she could share, share her interest in the situation. As he leads the family, she can be a great helper in leading uh, that family as well. And so as the, as the head, it's important to remember that this is not a tyrant position, that he's going to lead the family as Christ uh, leads the church, and it's going to be in a loving way. A second guideline that, uh, that the Apostle Paul gives is that uh, husbands are to love their wives. And, you know, when we think about the, the subject of love, this is a very common subject that's found in the book of Ephesians. Uh, you'll see the, the love of God. You'll see the love of Christ. But when we get to Ephesians chapter 5, 
There's some specific things about the love that a husband is supposed to have. And so if you have your Bibles today, let's look at Ephesians chapter 5, and let's let's focus in on verse number 25. But We've actually got three verses we're going to look at in particular here in this passage. He says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, if you drop down three more verses and you look at verse number 28, he says, So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. And then if you drop down towards the end of the chapter, verse number 33, he says, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Now, in all three of these passages, we see the key word love. Husbands, love your wives. Now, sometimes when when guys see that word, I'm to love my wife, you know, we, we automatically think, well, I've got the love department taken care of. Right. Uh, we, we automatically think that this is talking about a romantic love. Sure. Well, the Greek word that he uses in verse 25, verse 28, verse number 33 is not the Greek word eros. It's not an erotic type of love. It's not a, 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 a physical type of love that, that we think about there. It, the word that's found there in those three verses is the same Greek word that's found in Philippians 1 and verse number 9, where Paul writes these words. He says, and this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. There he's writing to the church, and he says, I, I want your love to each other, other to grow more and more. Yeah. But the love that he's talking about there is the same one back there in the book of Ephesians. And so what kind of love is that? Well, it comes from the Greek word agape which means to seek the best interest of another. And so in Philippians 1, he says, I want you to seek each other's best interest, and I want that love to continue to grow. Ephesians chapter 5, I want you to seek your wife's Mm -hmm. best interest and be looking out for her. And when you do this, you're going to give yourself, you're going to provide for what is needed, but ultimately you love her the way that Christ loved the church. Right. Okay, so those are the the guidelines that the Apostle Paul gives. But let's look at a second set of guidelines that uh, the Apostle Peter gives. And when you look over at First Peter chapter three and verse number seven, that there are three things in particular here to consider. He says, "Likewise, you husbands." So we know the, that he's giving guidelines here to the men, to the guys. Likewise, you husbands. Now watch this next phrase. He says, "Dwell with them." Then there is your wife, dwell with. That that means that you're going to be going home to her each mm-hmm. night. You're not going home to your neighbor's wife. You're not going home to your co-worker's wife. You're not going home to somebody else's house. You're going home to her house right. each night. You're dwelling with her. And he says, dwell with them according to knowledge. Now look at this next phrase, giving honor unto the wife. That word honor there is a word that means to value, to treasure. And so as husbands, we need to be asking ourselves, do we really value our wives? Do we really treasure them? Do we see them as a treasured possession? Do Do we consider each other as something that's precious? Or do we consider each other as somebody who's worthless? in the marriage. And to me, those are some thought-provoking things to consider when when we think about that phrase, giving honor. Why, why should we honor her? 
Well, number one, she's made in the image of God, Genesis 1. No, number two, Solomon t- tells us that she's the crown of the husband in Proverbs chapter 12. And number three, Solomon also tells us that she's a gift from God, uh, Proverbs chapter 19, verse number 14. But then consider a third and final thing there in First Peter 3, verse number 7. He says, you're going to give honor unto her as unto the weaker vessel. Now, does that mean that she's weaker intellectually? Not at all. There, there are some very smart women in, in our society. Does that mean that, that she's weaker morally? Some of the most moral people that we will ever find right. um, uh, are our wives. Does that mean that she's weaker spiritually? Uh, sometimes wives are, are a lot stronger than, than the men are, especially when you go back to the beginning of First Peter chapter 3. She's to set the example for an unbelieving husband. And so she's going to set that tone uh, in the home spiritually there in that particular situation. Does that mean that she's weaker emotionally? Uh, absolutely not. You know, sometimes they are the most compassionate people, and they see things that a lot of times that as guys we don't see. Right. Uh, so it, it must be pointing to the fact that it's physically. Generally, the women are, str- are smaller, and uh, men have been given the, uh, the responsibility to protect her. You're the protector in the home. And so when we look at these two passages, Ephesians chapter 5 and 1 Peter chapter 3, we see about five different guidelines that God has given uh, to the husbands. And lest we forget, too, you know, it, the very first thing God said that he wanted to course correct on in creation was that man would be alone. And he realized that it wasn't good for man to be alone. Genesis 2, 7 and 8, that he was going to make him a helper comparable to him. The New King James puts it. And giving us that helper in the wife makes the man's life more complete. And it is obviously a wonderful blessing to have the ability to be called a husband. One of the highest honors I've had, I have had three high honors in my life. One is to be called a Christian. One is to be called a husband. And now to be called a daddy by my son. And now hopefully, uh, actually, around the time that this program is airing, uh, we have we have been expected to be able to have brought our second child into the world. And so uh, what a wonderful blessing it is to have that as we talk about the home and we talk about the participants and the guidelines for the husband. Now, we've kind of alluded a little bit to the wife. And obviously, if we're going to talk about the home, there's a threefold plan there. There's the husband, the wife, and the children. And so as we move now, what are the guidelines for the wife? Okay, that, that's a great question as well. And, and once again, God hasn't left us in the dark on this subject. God has very much uh, shed light just as he did with the husbands, and he's going to give some information to the wives. Uh, let's go back over to Ephesians chapter 5. And when we look back at verse number 22, there's something interesting that he mentions here. He says, wives, we know who he's directing the attention to there. And the very next thing he says is, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Now, what is submission? You know, that's a, a word in today's society that oftentimes is a dirty word. Right. You know, it's a, it's a bad word. But, but that word simply means humble obedience to another's will. And here it is submitting uh, myself to my husband. 
Okay, and uh, now it's important to remember that when we submit ourselves to him, that he's got to remember his responsibility, that he's not a tyrant, that he's not ruling with that iron fist. We're just simply placing the wife is going to place herself under his leadership. And so it has the idea of placing ourselves under the leadership of another. But when we think about submission, submission is something that that's found uh, all throughout the scriptures, mm-hmm. and, and especially for Christians. Christians are to be people who are to submit to the leadership right. of others. You know, when we look at James one and our James four and verse number seven, he says we're to submit to God. Mm-hmm. Okay, when, when we look at Hebrews thirteen and verse number seventeen, uh, members the 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 flock are to submit themselves to the authority of the elders. When you look over at First Peter five and verse number five, uh, those who are older. Uh, the, those who are younger are to submit themselves to those who are older. You look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 28, Jesus submitted to the Father. And, and so we see this idea over and over and over again. And so it's important to remember that the wife, her first allegiance is going to be to Christ, but then second, her allegiance is going to be to her husband, and she's going to sub- be submitting to his leadership in the home. But a second thing that I want to mention here is another point that Paul makes, and that is respect. Mm -hmm. When you look down at Ephesians 5 and verse number 33, he says, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence, there in the King James, her husband. Now, the New King James and many of the other uh, newer translations are going to use the word respect. See that she respect her husband. You know, in the 1960s, there was a song that was recorded by Aretha Franklin, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, Find Out What It Means to Me. And this is what God has commanded for wives to give uh, to their husbands. Uh, Love is what wives want. Uh, Respect is what a husband wants. Uh, there was something that I read a number of years ago now. I think it may have been uh, perhaps a track that Alan Webster wrote. But uh, uh, he was quoting from a book entitled For Women Only. And there were 1,000 husbands and wives that had been surveyed in a poll. In a poll and the information was pertaining to this idea of love and respect. And so they asked the men, would you rather feel neglected and unloved or disrespected? Hmm. 76% of the men said that they would rather feel unloved than they had be disrespected. Wow. And the one who can disrespect him the most is the wife. The one who knows all of those buttons to push more than anybody right. else is his wife. And so when we think about the instruction that God gives, it really all focuses on this idea of respect. I, I remember when we were in preaching school, Brother Mosier, when he was talking about marriage, he said there's two things that we always need to remember, love and respect. That There's a, a, a book that's written out on the family that, that you could go to the bookstore and get, and the title of it is Love and Respect. And so when you think about this guideline of respect, Respect. When a wife respects her husband, she will submit to him, not submitting to him as a sign of disrespect. And then number two, she's never going to run him down. Right. Okay. R- running him down is one of the quickest ways to show her husband that she disrespects him. You, you may remember the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31. Her husband was known at the gate. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, that wasn't a good way. That wasn't because she was running him down. Well, my old man was doing this or he was doing that, that kind of thing. No, she was lifting him up. She was praising him. She kept, she kept private things private and made him known publicly the, the things that would lift him up, the things where that respect would be found. But a third thing, very quickly, a guideline that's given is that uh, she's to love him. When you look at Titus chapter 2, beginning at verse number 3, the aged women, likewise, that they may be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. And so just with just like with the husband, wives are to love their husbands too. Right. And it's it's a shame that our world has taken that hierarchy, if you will, that God has put the role and have, have turned it into a, uh, a battle of, well, I can't be controlled. That's really what we hear so much today is for a woman to be underneath a man is to be controlled by the man. But that's a, that's a lack of like we've talked about understanding that it's not a dictatorship. It's a partnership. Right. And when you mentioned about the husband going with the wife. If the husband is going to be presented with a new job, a new opportunity, he doesn't just get to make that decision. He sits down with the wife and discusses it with her. And that's the the thing that is owed to your spouse. That's why it's a partnership. Now, there are things, of course, that you know, we could get into and talk about where the husband might have to put his foot down from a doctrinal standpoint if the wife is going off on a path that can't be done. But at the same time, when we talk about respect – it's not respect to the point of servanthood. It is respect, like you talked about that virtuous woman. Lift your husband up. Respect his values and opinions and, and show that love and honor as you would expect it shown to you. And so, again, that wonderful blessing to have a wife, to be the wife of a husband, and to be able to be in that relationship that God established all the way back in Genesis chapter 2 and basically said this is very good to be able to have a husband and a wife be together for the rest of their days, and that's the goal. You know, one thing you you mentioned there about uh, that that the conflicting ideas yeah. of, of the husband and the wife and the submission and things. One of the the leading reasons why the marriage rate has gone down in our society today is because of this idea of well, we're in competition with who's right. in charge right. in, in the home, and and it just completely undermines yeah. the guidelines that God has given. But just like in a, in a business, you've got to have somebody in charge. That's right. And, and the same thing in the home, and God has get specified those roles who he wants. And just like you say, it's still a partnership, and so we need to remember that at the same time. That's right, and if the creator of the universe says this is what works, then who are we to, to really buck up against yep. that? And, of course, we've, we've got that final question here now to shift to the last group of the family and the participants, which are the children. So, Robert, what are the guidelines for the children? Okay. Uh, a couple of things for us to, uh, to consider here. Uh, the first thing is is going back there to the book of Ephesians. You know, there's a lot of information there uh, as far as the guidelines are concerned. But this time we're going to go to the very next chapter, to Ephesians chapter 6. And the first thing that Paul is going to mention here, he says, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. We think about our society today. A lot of times our society has it backwards. Yeah. Children, 
become the parents, and the parents basically submit to whatever the the children's will is, and they're going to be the boss, and they get to decide uh, what's going to be done in the uh, in the home. But here's here's something that we need to remember: children are born helpless. And they're born without knowledge and experience, and they need they need to be taught some things in order to survive in, in this world. You know, by, by the time that our children get ready to leave our homes, we want them to have that knowledge. Right. We we want them to be able to to be educated and know how to survive uh, in the world. And so we've got some teaching, some instruction that we need to give them. But at the same time, children need to obey uh, that instruction. When you look at Proverbs chapter four and verse number one, Solomon said, "Hear ye children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding." Obedience to parents is something that God takes very seriously. You know, when you go back to the Old Testament, you go back to to a passage like Deuteronomy chapter 21 under the old law, children were disobedient to their parents. It, it could mean capital punishment. And then when you go over to Romans chapter 1, as, as Paul is exposing uh, all of those sins that, that were so prevalent in, in, the, uh, in, in Rome, one of the things that he talked about was children being disobedient to parents, yeah. that that's a form of ungodliness. And uh, when we think about even Jesus and following in his footsteps, Jesus even obeyed his parents, Luke chapter 2 and verse number 51. So there's obedience that's there, but there's also honor. When you look at Ephesians 6, beginning in verse number 2, he says, Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And uh, when we think about that word honor, one of the easiest ways for a younger child to honor their parents while they're at home is to obey them. Yeah. You know, you, you want to show me that you honor me, obey me. You want to show me that you disrespect me, that you dishonor me. Just disobey me. Uh, but then it's also important that this can be taken outside uh, of when when a child leaves the home, they still have the responsibility to honor their parents uh, even when they're no longer under their parents' roofs. You know, there, there's there's different ways that that can go about. That you can still be respectful to them. Uh, you can still be there to help take care of them when they get older and things along that line. But, you know, parents, when we think about this idea of honoring, I think a lot of it goes with this idea of respect uh, also. When I was growing up, uh, my parents were very big on yes, ma'am, no, sir, right. thank you, uh, no, thank you, and uh, doing as we're told. And ultimately, they're training us to be respectful to other adults. They're training us to be respectful to teachers, to government, but ultimately they're training us to be respectful to God. Right. And uh, when we think about all of these guidelines, all of those guidelines help us to be better followers, more equipped to follow God properly. And uh, a final question that I'd like for us to think about with, with this idea of obeying and honoring, why should we do this? You know, there's there's always got to be a motivation behind following uh, the guidelines. Number one, God commanded it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if God said it, I need to do it. Number two, 
Paul said it is right. It's the right thing to do. And then number three, that it may be well with you. Not only is it going to be well with you, it's going to be well with your parents and it's going to be well uh, with God. And so as, as we kind of close this thought out with the guidelines for, for the home, if we do these things, whether it's a husband, whether it's the wife, or whether uh, we're, we're the children in the relationship, we're, we're going to promote an atmosphere where love, peace, and um, and grace can thrive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a wonderful discussion that we've been able to have today about the participants of the home and the guidelines of these participants. Uh, next week, we look to uh, the blessings of these participants because there are great blessings that are involved with this uh, family that we're talking about, the, the typical family that God would have the world to follow after. But I do want to mention as well the content that is available on a, on a weekly basis here, daily basis even. And as we look to next week, there is a exciting thing happening at South Haven, and we're going to talk about it in our introduction next week. And so if you want to know what that is at the South Haven Church of Christ, what's going on, don't message Robert. Come back next week, and we'll talk about it then. And uh, until then, we want to remind us always to please God now so that our eternity is far better. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, And please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.